Saturday, uh, which is Christmas Day. At 9 o'clock, we're having a communion and worship service for half an hour. So if you're free on Christmas Day at 9 o'clock to come have communion here and just uh, some worship um, before you start your day um, being merry. Um, <laughs> being merry. Because when we start eating, we forget about Jesus. <laughs> um, before any of that, you can come celebrate with us um, on Saturday. But yeah, let's get into the Word, um, and then we'll celebrate some more afterwards. Um, God, I just thank you for the Word this morning. I pray that you speak to each and every individual in this place, that they'll take something away, whether from me, whether from someone else, whether from fellowship, whether from worship, whether from the sausage sizzle afterwards. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 If you're writing notes, write notes. If you don't write notes, listen to the Word online. Um, but in December, uh, the, f- the first week of December, uh, Pastor Fina preached. You guys remember? Do you remember what she preached about? The title. Okay, guys, remember titles. <laughs> um, the title of her message was, What a Gift. And then last week, Pastor Darren spoke about what? Prepare the way. Um, today, I've titled this message, Here and Now. If you're writing notes, I titled it, Here and Now. Are we all right? You got to talk to me this morning. Okay, don't leave me alone. So it's currently the season of remembering Jesus coming into this world. Um, and whenever it comes to December, people always say, man, Jesus is the reason for the season. Have you heard of that? I have some buts to that. Because why does Jesus only come out on December? Because that's when we use the saying, oh, it's, the, it's Jesus, the reason for the season, but Jesus is the season every day. Yeah. Every single day, not just a moment that we celebrate on the 25th of December, but it's an everyday season. Every, it's a lifestyle. But there's something significant about the birth of Jesus. His birth wasn't a random moment in time. It wasn't a random moment in time. Are we all right? His birth wasn't birthed by a random woman in time. Are we right? He wasn't birthed by random chance. wasn't birthed by, the, by Mary, by, by randomness. He wasn't birthed in a manger randomly, but it was all done with purpose. His birth was all wrapped around purpose. Are we right? Okay, so yes, Jesus died for us. Yes, he paid the penalty. Yes, we understand that. Yes, he rose again on the third day. Yes, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. But for us to understand here and now, we must first understand the beginning. We like going to the beginning, right? So we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 3. And it says this in verse 6 to 7. It says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then, their eyes, then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So man sinned due to choice, not because they were forced to sin. Are we all right? They sinned due to choice. And so from this moment, we have been trying to get back to our original state, which is being with the Father again. So what they lost was being in his presence. So they were birthed within God's presence. They were wrapped around in God's presence. And then they lost it because of choice. Not because anyone forced them. It's because they chose to go a different route. And so from that moment to now, 
people have been trying to get back to this original state and that's the reason why we have so many religions so many things that happen in this world because everyone's trying to get to this higher power are we all right so throughout the old testament god has been preparing the way for jesus to come so you know how i said at the beginning that jesus wasn't birthed by accident that his um, being birthed by the Virgin Mary wasn't by accident, being birthed in the manger wasn't by accident, it was actually purposeful. And so I want to show some um, scriptures to back that claim up. So Isaiah chapter 7, this is only a short message about Christmas, the real reason of Christmas. Isaiah chapter 7, this is what they were saying back in the old days. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of Judah, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? So therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Before any text that we read on our tablets or in the Bible that we have in our hands, people were saying, there's going to be a virgin coming. His name's going to be Emmanuel who's going to be birthed from her. And the fulfillment of that verse is in Luke chapter 1. So we got Isaiah chapter 7, then we're going to fast forward all the way to Luke chapter 1. And it says this, this is where um, the angel of the Lord spoke to Mary, and it says, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born with uh, will be called the Son of God. So we have Isaiah all the way back in the Old Testament saying, a virgin is going to come, going to birth Emmanuel. And then this angel comes, visits this young woman and says, you're going to birth Jesus, the Son of God. And then we're going to go to Hosea chapter 11. I want to jump to some verses. Hosea 11, and says this, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The fulfillment of that verse, I think it's up here. Out of Egypt I called my son. Can we go to the verse, next verse? Wherever that is. No verse. Okay. Matthew chapter 2. So he got up. This is, this is Joseph. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet and Hosea. Out of Egypt I called my son. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2. I'm just painting a picture real quick. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, that word, can you see it? Ephrathah, that one. Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from the old, from ancient times. That fulfillment of the scripture is in Matthew chapter 2. And it says this, When he had called together all people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. This is King Herod. And they say, in Bethlehem, Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet was written, but you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who would shepherd my people, Israel. And you may be going, okay, that's a lot of scripture, Jordan, what does it mean? Why, why, what does this tell us? It tells us that Jesus wasn't plan B, he was always the plan. Everyone pictured Jesus as a plan B because man sinned. But he never was the plan B. He was always the plan. All from the Old Testament was preparing the way for Jesus to come. 
throughout all Old Testament was preparing the way for Jesus to come. He wasn't uh, the second best. He was the best. If we can really understand that in our hearts and in our spirit that Jesus was not plan B, it will change our whole perspective on life. Because God didn't send his son to die for you because it was the next plan. It was the only plan. That's how much he loves you. Jesus, who came onto this earth. How are you all right? You quiet this morning? So there's something significant about Jesus coming as a child. He didn't come as a man. Let's put that in our heads right now. Jesus didn't come as a man. Who came as a man? Adam. Who came as a woman? Eve. Every person after that came as a child. There's something significant about Jesus coming as a child. And this is what wowed me about Jesus coming as a child. He started just like me. Let's put that in perspective. He just started just like you. Were you born as a child? Jesus was born as a child also. But then what else wowed me was that he journeyed just like me from a child to adulthood. You know how people say, oh, but God doesn't understand me He's so far away. No, he does because he was born as a child. He went through the whinging stages of a child, the pooping stages of a child, the moments where they're probably teething and all that. He went through everything the same as we do or did. Though he hasn't faced some of the things we face today, he still faced something similar to what we face today. Are we all right? He was a child when he came to earth. That just wells me. Because God could have just sent Jesus as a man and said, oh, here's my son. He's going to die for you. Cool as. But for some reason, he wanted to live among the people to understand who they really are. And so when he was living among the people, I think God rediscovered or went through this moment of loving his people even more. Even though he can't love more because his love is endless, but he still loved us more. That he gave his only begotten son to die for us. That's how much he cares for us. So I want to um, share some truths about when Jesus was born into this world. And uh, uh, there are four points. There's actually way more than four points. I don't like points, to be honest, but four points, four truths. And the first truth is this, when Jesus was born, love entered the world. Love entered the world. Why is that significant? Because God didn't send a version of love. He didn't send a portion of love. He sent love itself. He sent love itself to the world. He didn't send a version or a, per, a portion. He sent love, the full embodiment of love to this world. <laughs> That's the gospel in a nutshell. He didn't send part of himself to us, but he sent himself fully to us. Are we all right? The second thing is that hope entered the world. So he didn't send a portion of hope. He didn't send a version of hope, but he sent hope itself. We've been talking about Jesus the whole year, right? We've been like literally nutting out Jesus. And when I was looking at the birth of Jesus, hope itself was born. Not a portion, not a version. The third thing that entered this world was grace. 
So there's love, his hope, and then there's grace, grace into this world. It wasn't, it wasn't a version of grace. It wasn't a portion of grace. It was grace itself. I'm getting well just saying this to you. The fourth thing was this. He sent mercy. Mercy entered into the world. He didn't send a portion of mercy. He didn't send uh, a version of mercy. He sent mercy itself to the world. We talk about Jesus being born in the manger and the Virgin Mary. Yeah, that's awesome. It's amazing that they're cool people. But we've got to understand, hope entered, to the, entered the world when he was birthed. We always talk about when he started ministry, but no, nah, his ministry started when he was born. When you think about it, when he was birthed, wise men came and worshipped him. They didn't wait till he was 30 to worship him, but they understood the greatness of this young man who would then become Emmanuel throughout all the world. So why is those four things significant? Pre-Jesus, God used angels or people to speak his message. Pre-Jesus, animals were used to cover your sin. Are we all right? So if we, uh, so if we did this the old ways, I'll be bringing a lamb to sacrifice and most likely you guys won't be in here. You'll be down the road because only holy people were in here. That's how it worked back in the day. You weren't here when the sacrifice was being done. Pre-Jesus, we had to rely on the priest to do his part that our sins will be forgiven. A priest would sacrifice an animal in the temple to, for the whole city. So all Wainui would rely on one man to make sure he does it right, to forgive our sins. Pre-Jesus. Now with the birth of Jesus, he was now doing and speaking it himself. So pre-Jesus was done through a man, it was done through an angel, and it was done through all those moments but then when Jesus was born, he said, I'm going to do the speaking. I'm going to do the showing. No longer is going to rely on man or on you sacrificing animals anymore, but I'm going to come to this world to give you hope, to give you grace, to give you love, to give you mercy. Are we all right this morning? Let's look at Mark chapter 1. It says this, This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that the people should be baptized to show that they have repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. And John announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I will baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So what, he was, was, what was he saying? I'm just the guy preparing the way. That's what John was saying. Like, yeah, I'm baptizing you with water. That's great. But I'm just preparing the way. I'm not it. But the person who's coming, he's it. So if we look at all this, I encourage, I encourage you to read your word. From Genesis to all the way to Revelation. But if you notice throughout all scriptures in the Old Testament, the Old Testament was always preparing the way for Jesus to come. And even when Jesus was here on earth, John was baptizing people with water, but he's like, I'm not it. But there is a guy who's coming. Who is it? I'm baptizing you with water, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He was preparing the way. 
Are we right? So all through history, from Genesis to this moment, was all about Jesus' birth and preparing the way. No longer will God be talking just to priests and prophets. No longer would God be just talking to the senior pastor. But God's given us access to go into his presence without blame and without shame. He's given you the power to go see him. Jesus' birth made that happen. There's so much significance in just the birth of Jesus. Are we all right this morning? I don't know if you're thinking or waiting because it's so quiet in here. <laughs> thinking. Keep meditating here. Yeah, let's go. So as I said before, no longer will God be taking, talking just to priests and prophets. Now he's coming so that everyone can have access to him here and now. You don't have to wait for a Sunday to meet Jesus. You don't have to wait for somebody who is Christian to meet Jesus. Jesus made all this possible by his birth so that no matter where you are, he can visit you here and now. You want to give your life to Jesus? You don't have to come to the altar to do that. You can be in your bathroom. You can be cooking and he can visit you here and now. With all the social media the stuff that's going around, I, I try to stay off Facebook and that um, when I look at stuff. But I've noticed a common trend at the moment, hence the reason why I'm about to say this. Don't be caught up with the second coming because it's inevitable. I've been hearing that um, the second coming, the mark of the beast. And I was, I was pondering on just social media with Christians saying stuff like that. And I was thinking, the truth is, Talking about the second coming will not bring someone to Jesus. The second coming doesn't save. Jesus does. So that's why I say don't be caught up with the second coming because it's inevitable. It's going to happen. But be caught up with Jesus here and now. I'm not saying don't talk about it. But God didn't wrap himself around the second coming. He wrapped himself around Jesus. Because he goes, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one can come to the Father except through me. He didn't say, I'm the way, the truth, and life. Please know what the second coming is and then come through me. No, he said, everything's inevitable is about to happen. But you can change the course of your life here and now. Because of a birth who was called Emmanuel, God with us, was birthed into this world. Love was birthed, mercy was birthed, grace was birthed. And it wasn't just, as I said before, it wasn't a portion, it wasn't just a little bit. He gave all of himself. So the whole, love itself came to this world. Mercy itself came into this world. Grace itself came into this world. And then when we come to God and say, God, I give my life to you, I surrender everything to you. I'm not saying that your life would like change just in a moment. But Jesus will slowly change your life so that when you go out to this world, they experience love. They experience grace. They experience mercy. They experience all those things because Jesus is it. 
everybody was just talking about Jesus. Jesus is the guy. When people, when crowds came, they didn't go, oh, can you tell me where John the Baptist is? No, 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 no. They didn't even say, oh, can you tell me where Peter is? No, they said, I'm trying to find Christ. Because it's always been about Jesus. Yeah. So be caught up with Jesus here and now. See, he's no longer a baby. There's no baby Jesus anymore. Just so, just in case. You know, that, that, that photo that probably some people have with baby Jesus? He's not a baby anymore. He's no longer on the cross. He's no longer in the grave. But he's seated at the right hand of God. He's interceding on your behalf, my behalf. And he has fought and is still fighting for you. Even though he's won the war, he's still fighting for you. Even though you have all your questions about God this, God this, and whatever struggles you have with this concept of God, God's like, I'm still fighting for you. I still love you so much that I died for you. Even if you don't believe me, I'm still going to fight for you. And every person in this building has a chance here and now. Here and now. To receive this Jesus who's paid this, paved the way for us. See, it was the birth of Jesus that changed you and I, mine and yours and every person in this world. Destiny. If Jesus wasn't birthed and if Jesus didn't come to this world, We'll be still sacrificing with animals. Who wants, who wants to do that? Farmers will be rich from the church just today if we relied on animal sacrifice. But that no longer is applicable because Jesus died once and for all. Didn't have to die again. We don't have to make any other sacrifice other than give our hearts to him. But from Jesus' birth, death and resurrection, God gave back the relationship we gave away. When I hear, when I think about the term backslider, have you heard that term, backslider? I hate that word. Because when I walked away from Jesus, people would have called me backslider, but I still knew him. Still knew him. And even in my moment where I walked away from him, he was still fighting for me. So how can that term be true? Because the person that I backslid for, apparently, still loves me so much that he was still talking to me even when I was drunk. I notice when Christians get like <laughs> Christians get drunk, like especially those who like like to party when they get drunk, that's when their Christianism comes out most. They start talking about Jesus. Because the word stays true, that if you train the, your child in the ways of the Lord, they'll never depart from it, even in the moment of sin. And I was, I, I'm, I've been reading this book. <laughs> I've been reading this book. I don't know why I'm saying this, but this is for someone this morning. Yeah. I've been reading this book, and it's, it's been challenging me. And I said it to the men that, um, when, when we had their barbecue, and it was this, is that, Jesus only attracted sinners. He didn't attract church people. Everywhere that Jesus went, there was no church people around him. They're at the back like, hey, who's this guy? But every person that was around him was a sinner 
the people that were pushed aside from society. That was Jesus. And I'll challenge that for us as a church. That God's called us to draw in sinners. Because you're a sinner too. If you look at your neighbor, <laughs> they're a sinner. <laughs> but the greatest thing is that he died for you and you accepted him in your life. And now we've got to draw more people to him. My encouragement and my challenge for us, even for those who don't know Jesus or knows Jesus, but just like, oh, it's not for me. Whether you believe that or not, Jesus died for you anyway. But you have a chance today to change your life and the direction of your life here and now. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying you're not going to have questions. Hey, like Lee, Lee knows, hey, he's got heaps of questions. But questions are good in, in, in the body of Christ. I can back scripture with this. Because when Jesus was training to be a teacher of the law, one of their, one of their um, assignments was to ask questions. What was Jesus doing at age 12? At the temple, asking questions. It was part of his assignment to go to the next phase. That's why you see 18 years missed because he goes from 12 to 30 because he's going through this teaching area. He was training to be a teacher of the law so that he could bring his own way of teaching to the world because you can't go be a Pharisee or Sadducee without being going through the process. So Jesus had to go through a process. And part of that process was asking questions and questions are good. And so for those ones who are asking questions in their mind and their heart constantly, is God real? Uh, how does God fit into this? I want to encourage you, lean into that and ask those questions. Jesus wants to do something here and now. I don't know, I felt this morning I had to go to the beach today. Went to the beach like 7 o'clock this morning. Just praying for you guys. Praying for our city. Because uh, my family knows that I'm a big dreamer. My dreams are outrageous. I want to save the world, and I will. Um, my dreams are outrageous, but there's so many of the church missing the here and now because they're so concerned with other things like the second coming and that and forgetting about Jesus just being birthed into this world. This is not just the time where we just remember Jesus' birth. We should be remembering every day of our lives. Just like communion. Communion is not just once a month on a Sunday. Communion is supposed to be every day. But we do that as a remembrance, you know, like there's something we do. And so if there's anyone in here that want to go, yeah, man, I want to just give my life to Jesus. I've walked away, or I don't even know him, but I'm going to ask a question. Um, yeah. Why don't we close our eyes for a moment so I can give some privacy for those people? Like, if